why I stopped doing it. Huh? That's why I stopped doing it. Uh, what do I do with the whole
look at me. Come on. Know the song. That's how you better practice. Okay. Uh, we can pick it up. It's uh, I am a Falcon Love. It's a yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
got that, dude. That's Buddy. That's what happened when you like look away. You lose your I do the same thing. I played the wrong note. And all God's people said a big amen. 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 God is good. And uh, we praise His goodness this morning. And I give Him the thanks and the adoration He deserves. I want to invite you this morning to turn your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And this uh, great letter that Paul writes to the church is... Something that every one of us need every single day, and that's to be encouraged. Uh, there's so much about our life today, and has always been, that, that drains us of that encouragement, that passion that we have for the Lord. And so, frequently, we need to be renewed in encouragement. And so as this letter begins, it's uh, in words of encouragement. You see, the church at Thessalonica was being severely persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Every day we find in our own lives there's opposition to our love, our devotion for Jesus Christ, even in the world that we live in today, especially in the world that we live in today, that it's increasingly more difficult to express our faith in Jesus Christ in an outward uh, and in a a pronounced way. So because of that, the harder the struggle, the more encouragement we need. I guess maybe encouragement is fuel for our discouragement. That we feed on encouragement so that we won't stay in a state of discouragement. And so as Paul begins this letter to the church, he begins it in a sense of, Let me lift you up. Let me encourage you today. Uh, Let me show you things that will give you encouragement. And so this morning, I want to encourage you in the Word of God today. To let the Word lift you up. To let the Spirit of God lift you up and encourage you. Listen to what he writes in 2 Thessalonians, beginning at verse 1. I want to read through verse 5, and we'll pray and come back and consider what the Bible says. It says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy... 
to the church of Thessalonica, of the Thessalonians, excuse me, in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Pray with me if you would this morning. Heavenly Father, we are we're thankful today for the encouragement that you give us as believers. Lord, for the way that you're always present in our lives. For the way that your words give us hope and assurance. And so I pray this morning, Father, that our hearts would be open to what you speak and what you say. That we would truly rest in your word and the power of your word that we could be refreshed this morning so that we can go out into a, a world this week that might be indifferent to what we believe and what we know to be the truth. And so, Lord, we need to be lifted up today. So, Lord, help us as we lift up Christ and we're lifted up with him that we truly be encouraged today. Father, I, I pray for our broken hearts, for the struggles that each one of us have here this morning. But Lord, I know that you are the God who gives grace and strength and power and encouragement. And Lord, we pray for those things this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as, as Paul encourages these believers because it's so needful in their life, one of the things that he encourages them with is that he begins to encourage them about their position in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when we think about the believer's position, uh, and Scripture uh, amplifies that, that very thought throughout uh, many parts of the Bible, but because we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're, that we're uh, positioned in Him. Paul writes to them and he says to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we are, isn't it? That we're in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, that we're in a relationship with him if we're believers. That we're in him in the sense that uh, he is uh, our savior. He's our righteousness. He's our salvation. He's our hope. He's all those things because of this relationship that we have with him. And so we need to always be mindful of that very thing. Because our position in Christ gives us uh, great hope and encouragement. When we find ourselves in the midst of, say, spiritual battles or conflicts or temptations, where do we stand? We stand in our position in Jesus Christ. When the accuser Satan comes along and he begins to cast his insults and his uh, uh, false truths against us, how do we stand? We stand in Christ uh, and, and in his righteousness. And so the Bible uh, has much to say about that very thing. First of all, if you follow along with me, that 
Paul reminds them about this very thing that we're in Jesus Christ, that we're also, Scripture says, that we're in the body of Jesus Christ. In other words, the church uh, is, is the body of Jesus Christ, and because we're in relationship with Him, that we are in the church or in His body. Uh, the Bible compares the church to the body of Christ, that we serve Him, that He's the head and the church is the body. And so that's real significant in the sense of what it offers to us as believers. One of the things that we can be assured of because we're in the body of Christ is that we have a, a sense of security. Now, listen, one of the, the things that can really deflate us or discourage us is when we come on times of fear or times of hopelessness or times of despair. And, and what, uh, uh, what defends us from that defeat and despair? It's our security in Jesus Christ that we're in that relationship with him. Uh, the apostle Paul writes in the word of God, also in the book of Romans, listen to what he says about this very idea about our security in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or power or sword? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, listen, because we're in Christ that we have a sense of security, or we should have, because we're safe in that relationship with him. Paul describes all kinds of things in this passage in Romans chapter 8. He talks about things that are, are natural, uh, like uh, time and space and all those kind of things. And He says there's not enough distance physically that we can be separated from God. There's not a time that we're separated from him and from his love. Uh, there's not any power or principality or agencies that can separate us from God's love. There's no government that exists, no authority that can separate us from God's love. Not man or not this world or not anything can separate us from the love of God. And Paul kind of puts a capstone on it as if we didn't get the message. He says that nor any other created thing. There's nothing that can separate us. What, what the Word of God says from the love of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, that, but that really kind of sums up that thing about security, doesn't it? <laughs> Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, I want to warn you about that. Because it'd be real easy for you and I to sit back and think, well, hey, I've got this secure relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate me from His love. So then I guess since that I'm not going to be able to be separated from you know what? I could probably just kind of do whatever I want to do. <laughs> or I, I can kind of just kind of live the way I want to live because, right, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Well, you see, there's something else about the love of God also that the Bible says. The Bible says the Lord chastens those he, he loves. So if you're sitting back this morning and thinking, hey, you know what, I've got to... I, I, I've got a, a free pass. I can't be separated from God's love. Uh, let, me, let me share with you about what the Father says about His children. Because the Father says this about His children. 
He says, and, and, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. And daughters, by the way. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you're rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. <laughs> the Bible says the same love that provides us security is also also a love that disciplines us to bring us to closeness and intimacy with God. So when we're out there in life running around, we have to be careful the direction we go. Because even though we can't be separated from the love of God, also that same love from God, the same love that God has for us, that holds us, also disciplines us as well. And so what we have as a believer is we're secure in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when we face those times of discouragement or our enemy comes along and whispers in our ears that you really don't belong to him or, or uh, you, you've done so many things that, that you can't have a relationship with him. You know what we speak back? That God loves me. And nothing can separate me from that love. Well, another thing that has to do with our being in the body of Christ in that position, not only is security, but also is sufficiency. Is that, you, you know what, let me just say something this morning. God is enough. God is enough. Doesn't matter what your longing is what your desires are, what your plans are, or what you think you've missed, or what, how you've been disappointed, or whatever it is. I, I want, no matter what heartbreak you're going through today, God is enough. He's sufficient. God is sufficient. Listen, when, when we wreck our lives in the pain and the struggle of life, God is there and He's sufficient. He's sufficient to be able to, to take up our brokenness and put it back together and restore us in relationship with Him. He's there. God's sufficient when we worry. How many of you worry today? You're, you, you know, you tried to hide that by saying, well, I'm, I'm just cautiously optimistic or uh, I'm just concerned you see, even in our worry, God is sufficient. In, in our weakness, God is sufficient, right? I mean, the Apostle Paul, remember when he called out to God three times, Lord, take this thorn from me, remove this thorn from me, take this thorn from me. God's answer to the apostle Paul was listen my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in your weakness so in our weakness God is enough when we don't feel like that we can go one more step God is enough he's sufficient God's sufficient in, in our war in our spiritual war. 
the sufficiency of God and our resistance to Satan and this culture is that he gives us weapons. And with those weapons, our warfare, that we're sufficient in things like truth and hope and salvation and righteousness. All those things are mighty in God, Scripture says, for the pulling down of those strongholds. So when we're engaged in conflict, God is sufficient for us. He's sufficient in in our everyday walk in life, no matter what it is. God is sufficient. There'll never be a time or a set of circumstances or a situation in our life where God will not prove himself sufficient. He, he's enough. As a matter of fact, he's more than enough in our sufficiency. You know, as being a part of the body of Christ, not only that security and sufficiency, but also in our service, God is enough. When you look at how God has called us to serve, one of the qualities of service is, is that of humility and wisdom and courage. And so, so God gives us the grace to serve, doesn't he? I mean, when we think about serving God, uh, the idea of service is always requires things like courage. And boldness and passion. Well, where does all that come from? That, that comes from God who guarantees those things because we're in this relationship with Him. We're a part of His body, Christ. It's uh, not only the grace to serve, but what else does God give us as believers we know from Scripture is that He gives us the gifts to serve Him. <laughs> those things that are enumerated in the Bible... That God gives every believer to serve Him with. So listen, there's encouragement about our position in Jesus Christ. That no matter what we're doing in life, God is there. And He is uh, sufficient for us. Because we're a part of the body of Christ. Well, Paul goes on to allude not only uh, we're positioned in the body of Christ, but also I get excited when I listen to what he says. He says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's another reference to we're, we're in the blessing of Christ, aren't we? <laughs> because we're positioned in Him. And, and so Paul reminds him, he says, listen, there's things like grace and peace. Now, grace and peace are a blessing, aren't they? How many of you covet grace and peace in your life? Uh, how, how many times do we need that unmerited favor from God, grace. Uh, certainly, uh, we, we need His grace. We can't be saved without His grace. Uh, we can't do anything without the grace of God. But also, that same grace that leads to peace. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, to, to be at, at, at peace with our circumstances, right? These guys were being persecuted. They were suffering for their faith, but yet because they're in 
the Lord Jesus Christ are in his blessing, and now they can have peace. I don't know what you're struggling with today, but I want to tell you, no matter what it is, you can have peace about it because you're in Jesus Christ. So just accept that peace and enjoy it. James says this about blessings. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variance or shadow of turning. What an amazing thing, isn't it? Every good gift, every blessing, the Bible says, comes from God who never changes, who never turns away, but who's always there. And so because of that, because of our position in Christ, we can enjoy the blessings of Christ. Now, Paul says, hey, I want to encourage you guys that you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it makes all the difference in the world no matter what's going on. Now, we ought to celebrate that. Well, let me give you a second thing. Not only does he encourage them with an understanding that they're in Christ, they're in positioned in him, but Paul also encourages them about their progress in Christ. Uh, he says that <clears throat> um, he's uh, bound to, to, to be thankful to God always. You know what Paul's really saying? He was really saying, I'm, I'm so proud of you because of the progress you're making in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I'm so proud of you for the progress that you're making in Jesus Christ. You see, every day I see some of our church family going through some pretty hard times. But every time I see God working, them accepting what He's doing, trusting Him for what He's doing, following Him in what He's doing, and the difference that's making in their lives. It's incredible. You see that progress? Listen to what He says in verse 3. He says He's, he's happy... And excited because they're growing in faith. Verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly. Paul says, look, it's the right thing for me to do to tell you I'm proud of you because you're growing in your faith. You know, I think that's the right thing for all of us to do with each other when we see someone who's growing in their faith in Jesus Christ. And so he commends them for that very thing because they're growing, not just growing, but growing exceedingly. Growing is the capacity to trust God. It's, it's growing in our trust in Him, isn't it? That's what faith is. It's growing by surrendering more of ourselves to Him, isn't it? It's, it's, it's that increase in our faith that allows us to give more of ourselves to Him. Surrender more to Him. Surrender our life, our families, our thoughts, our plans, our hopes we give to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more we do that, uh, it's a sign of our growing faith. It's trusting in spite of everything around us that might be saying, don't trust. 
But it's in spite of that, that we trust in God. It's when our personal experience or uh, the things of, uh, of this present time or this culture says, don't trust God with that. But yet faith says, trust Him. And we do. That's growing in our faith. It's overcoming in those things. It's what Jesus said to the disciples in their day. When he says, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Do you know what Jesus was asking those guys to do? He was asking them to walk away from their livelihood, step aside from their jobs, lay those down, turn their backs on their families, and go after him. And you know what? They did. They did because their faith was growing. You see, Paul says, great job, guys. Let me encourage you because your faith is growing. Another thing that he encouraged them or noted about their progress was they're not only growing faith, but they're growing love. You see, when our faith grows, our love grows as well. He goes on in verse 3 and says, the love of every one of you abounds toward each other. You see, Paul saw progress in their life because he saw a deeper love that they had for each other. He saw these believers at Thessalonica meeting each other's needs, stepping in the gap for each other, upholding each other, lifting each other up, putting the other's needs before their own, sacrificing on behalf of their brothers and sisters in Christ. And he looked at him and he said, Hey, let me commend you for your growing love. And in verse 4, he, he also asserts that progress by saying you, you're, you're growing endurance. Endurance. The Bible calls that patience. <laughs> Anybody want, want patience? Um, He says this, he says in verse 4, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches. In other words, Paul is saying that every other church that we go into, Ephesus, church at Antioch, all the other churches, we're telling them about your perseverance, your endurance. He says, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God, For your patience and faith in all your persecution and tribulation that you endure. Paul says, we're seeing in you, or I see in you, this great sense of endurance. That no matter what they throw at you, you just hang in there. That you're tenacious in your faith and your belief in God. That you're ready, no matter what, to defend what you believe and to stand for what you believe and to endure all the storms of opposition. You're just there, standing for Jesus Christ. And he says, I want to let you know how great that is. You see, we need that kind of encouragement. Because there's the places that we stand as well. 
in our faith, in our struggles, in the opposition that comes against us to stand for Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, listen, you're making progress. I just want you to know you're making progress. How encouraging that is, isn't it? You know, so many times I know in my life personally, probably yours, that all you needed to hear and know is that you were making progress. May not be there yet, but I'm going in the right direction. And I'm, I'm advancing the kingdom of God. Well, one last thing that Paul encourages them with as well in this time of persecution. And he talks about persecution, the believer's persecution. Uh, he, 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 he reminds them about some things that we all need to know when we're finding ourselves in, in, in times where we're being oppressed or, or, or we're being maligned or put down for our faith. Uh, there's some things about that persecution. First of all, it's noticed by God. God knows when we're standing for Him. He, it doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> A lot of times we, we may think that, well, does He really care? Or does He really know what I'm going through? Well, let me assure you, He does. He really does. Listen to what, what Paul says. He, he says in, in, in verse 5, he says, which is manifest evidence. <laughs> In other words, Paul, he says, your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ is in plain sight when it comes to God's eyes. That God is seeing exactly what you're going through, the cost that you're paying to take that stand for Him, the time that you're putting in, the energy that you're putting in, the sacrifices that you're making. God sees it. He doesn't, it doesn't go unnoticed with Him. But He knows what you're going through. The times that you spend with those to encourage others, God notices that. What you're giving up for Him, He knows that. He knows that. Well, not only is it noticed by God, but it's notable to God. In other words, He admires it. He thinks it good. God does. He says that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. You see, your suffering means something to God. It counts for Him and to Him. The life that we live in obedience to Him means something to Him. Well, not to ever forget that. That He takes note of it and that it means something to Him. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. God notices our commitment to him. But also, equally, God notices our lack of commitment to him. Doesn't escape him either. And then finally... This persecution that we go through is that it's really natural to all believers. 
It's just what happens to believers. It's that, Brother Mike, you're supposed to be encouraging me today. I am encouraging you today because I just want to be honest with you. To, to live for Jesus is the natural outcome of that is to have people oppose you, to resist you, to persecute you. Jesus said to his disciples, if they persecuted me, and wh- why do you think you're above that? Or why do you think you're going to ex- escape that? And so he reminds us and encourages them in the persecution. He says, I know it may be hard now, but God knows. And God cares. And it's the natural order of things for the believer. Encouragement. Such a powerful thing, isn't it? When our eyes are focused on the things of God that encourage us, then the position of our vision is going to be upward. If we're focused on the encouragement of God, then we're going to be looking up. Because there's where we're strengthened. And there's where our hope comes from and our wisdom. And all all that we need to to glorify Him. Bow in, if you would, this morning. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you this morning for the encouragement that we find in your word today. How that uh, that you are are sufficient for everything that we need, that we can be lifted up and drawn to you as we focus on those very special truths that we know about you and our relationship with you. So, Lord, I pray this morning that you would prepare us for this upcoming week with the encouragement that we find through your Holy Spirit. Father, that you'll strengthen our hearts for these days ahead and what we're facing as your children. Lord, make us strong in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of his might. And Father, we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I we'll invite you this morning, if you would, let's stand together. So we stand together and share and the time this morning of invitation. You know, God may be inviting you to just draw really close to him this morning. It may be that this is some of the hardest days of your life. And what you need to know is how close He is to you. Uh, how, how His eyes, His presence, He's always there. You may be here this morning and you've never found that kind of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't understand some of what I've been talking about this morning. Maybe this morning that God is pulling you or drawing you to believe in Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You see, the Bible says that there's this great big separation between us and He. 
And the sin causes that separation. But the Bible says that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is the way that God bridged that gap so that any one of us at any time can put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him. He bridged that gap by the cross. He reconciles us to Himself through the cross of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never believed that, but for today, it's exactly what you want to do. Trust Him as your Savior. You can do that also today. We're going to sing a, a few verses of invitation, or a verse at least. And God may be moving in your heart today just to want to draw close to Him. Maybe a decision of rededication or reaffirmation of your faith in Jesus Christ. No matter what it is, you can come, cast your cares on Him, for He cares for you.